Wake up. Life is in session. And you're in control. This is The Pursuit of Awesome. The podcast that gives you the jolt you'll need to seize the day. To live a life you're proud of. And here's your host, Charlie Harari. Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. Yesterday we spoke about this idea of the sacrifice, the ask. I think this is a really big deal in corporate America. I'm sure it's a big deal everywhere. Uh, We all feel it. I feel it. I don't like asking for things. I hate asking for things. Really. Really. Sacrifice. You're in your own feelings sometimes in order to not stagnate. Where does this come from? So I want to delve into you this concept called mimetic desire. You've heard this concept before. I believe it comes from Rene Girard, I think. Mimetic desire. And the, and the theory behind mimetic desire is that your desires come from that which you imitate. Right? When you... When, let's let's break this down for a few minutes, and then we can really talk it through. So, a baby comes into this world, okay, with nothing, right? What does the baby have? It's got a just potential. The baby doesn't know anything, so it knows a little bit, right? It knows how its mom sounds. Believe it or not, more than we think. Like the baby knows what mom, the intonation of mom's voice. In fact, there's some crazy research that shows that if mom and dad are in an abusive or very volatile relationship, babies cry more when they go to dad at birth. Isn't that amazing? Like the baby knows that the thing, the voice that I'm hearing that's holding me is tense with the thing that I come from. It's, it's really cool stuff. Like a baby literally feels they can't tell the difference between itself and its mother in the beginning because it wasn't different. And so it it sort of hears the mother and connects to the mother. And that's why if you try, we tried this with one of our children, I remember which one, where we sang it one song, like a lot, while it was, you know, in utero. And then afterwards sang the song again, and it, it sort of, you, you can, it reacted differently. So a baby comes into this world and and looks to see what it wants. Well, how does it know what it wants? Right, so sits, you know the kid gets a little older and it sits, it sits in his uh, high chair and you know his brother has chocolate and the baby starts reaching for it. Well, how does it know it wants chocolate? It knows it because someone else has it. How does it know it it, it doesn't want something because someone else makes a face? Right, and you go to school, and when you're in school, you know you loved you know playing you know doing math. You were that kid that loved math. Right, and so you're at home, and your parents are freaking out that, like, you know, you do math at like, you know, at five years old, and you're loving the attention, and everyone loves you, and you're the firstborn, and you know, you do math, and they already like signing you up for like, you know, you know, genius programs. Then you get to school, and your friends like, that's so geeky. We don't do math. We play we play football. You know what happens that night? The kid comes home, and you know what he wants to do? He wants to play football. What? How? And I thought he wanted to do math. No, you see. In, um, and in that first the first date maybe he does want to play football, right? But after a while, if he can play football, he'll play football. 
right? And if he goes to a school where they don't play football, they play soccer, and they think that football is with your feet, which is what I get from my 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 Latin American friends, which I don't still understand. But he's not going to play American football. He'll play soccer. He'll want to play soccer, right? And if he's in a school in which academics are important, he's going to want to do work. And if he's in a school where academics are not important, he's not going to want to do work. And most people create their own desires from that in which they mimic from somebody else. Right? Want to test it? Look at your life. Look at your life. And ask yourself, what are your three top goals? And then ask yourself, where did they come from? Where did these goals come from? I'm trying to make a certain amount of money. Why? Okay, let's pretend as if if you're listening to this and all you're trying to do is support yourself and your family and not a dollar more, God bless you. If you're trying for more than that, well, why? Why are you trying for more than what you need to live? Because what around you is telling you that buying more stuff is valuable? Something is. You didn't get that from nowhere. You, didn't, you weren't born with a desire to eat more than you needed to eat. In fact, the only people that don't eat more than you need to eat are babies. The only people that spit back the bottle after they're full are babies. Everybody else eats for every other reason but hunger except for babies. So you were born with whatever I need is enough and I'm good. When did we get the, but I want to have the big hat, but I want to get the, but I want to, when did we get the I want to? When do we get the outfits per season? When do we get the car exchanges every few years? When do we get the career ambitions? Where do we get that from? Who gave that to us? It's called mimetic desire. Somebody modeled it. Somebody got up at some point and said, this is important. Somebody, we looked at something in some paper or some magazine or some human being or drove down some block that showed us something that made our brain go, hey, I want that thing. It's called mimetic desire. We're going to talk about it. Because what it does is it keeps us exactly where we are. This is a lot of the reason why sacrifice is not as, as easy as we think. It's because the way our minds are working is we are living our lives really the average of the people around us. Because those people, I can never get bad. But I don't want to be like those people. So I'm going to sort of adjust my sights in a quote-unquote normal position within the culture that I find myself. And it's an amazing thing, right? And if, you've, if you're over the age of 40, really, if you're over the age of 40, better if you're nearing 50, you, you, you remember and have friends and you, rem- you can remember life in your mid-20s. And you can think of all of your friends that you had in your mid-20s. And you can look at their lives 30, 20, 30 years later. And you could actually trace, if you knew them intimately enough, where, they, where, where everyone's different right now. I see this all the time. I have my friends in my 20s. Where they are now in our 40s, they're in a different place for what reason? Because the average of their friends, their mimetic desires, their their models, their exposures were even subtly different than somebody else. So for one person, their exposure is a certain level of income. And you can see them now. 
striving for the same level. They even dress like their friends that they were like. They talk like them. They adapted the same lingo and language and slang. You know, I have a friend of mine who, um, a friend of mine used to be much more serious, especially about religion and spirituality, and he was very learned, and he just started to hang out with a group of people that were very not. And then recently, like, I saw him, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to pray? Like, maybe I'll be invited one day. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You used to come with, what? what? You're not like, what are you, are you joking? Like, you don't know that I know. It's, he, he adapted a, a group. I'm not judging him. I'm saying it was incredible to me just how much he adopted a group that all said things like this. And so even though he was from a different background, and he didn't have the same background that his, as his new adopted group, without even realizing it, he started to speak like them. Where did it come from? It's mimetic desire. It's amazing. It's actually one of the greatest gifts that we have. I believe this comes from mirror neurons. Right? In your mind, we're going to get through the science that we'll talk about soon. In your mind, you have a concept called mirror neurons. Right, which means your brain naturally mirrors that which is in front of it. Right, it's a great technique. It's a great gift that we have because the more I am like you, the more I connect to you. Right, when you when you when you make transactions, when you do deals, when you when you create relationships, without realizing that most of the relationships that we have are relationships with people that are like us, even if they're a different gender. Or a different age, there's some unique connection. Where'd you get that from? Well, a lot of times it's the mirror neurons. If you, you if you slow down, you'll pay attention to this. Watch this. Sit. We sit with somebody for a while. Let's assume you're talking to someone for a few hours, or you work near them, and you talk to them a lot. You will see that you will start to adopt a little bit of their of, of how they speak, a little bit of their language. Not if it's too far apart. But if it's close enough, you'll say the words that they say. You may even pronounce it with a little bit of that same tang. Why? You're not doing it on purpose. Your mirror neurons are firing. And they're looking for similarities. And if you're close enough, it'll move you a little bit. And you'll see. You'll sit and watch this. Watch this. This is great. Social experiment. Sit in a boardroom or in a, in a group of people talking. Just like watch it for a little bit. You see a bunch of you know people sitting around a circle and talking somewhere. Let's say, right? You go to a, a, a party, whatever. If if, it, if they're talking long enough and li you'll start listening, they're using very similar language. Why? It's because the mirror neurons are firing and they're connecting. The mirror neurons are there to connect you, connect you, connect you. So we're built to be like other. But when you're like others, sometimes it's hard to be you. All right, we'll talk about this. Just wanted to lay the groundwork to this so we can really get underneath a lot of why we do what we do. All right, everybody, have a great day. Can't wait to see you again tomorrow. We'll keep on talking about this. Thanks for listening to The Pursuit of Awesome. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum's podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Join Charlie again for more insights on living an awesome life by tuning into the live webinar every weekday morning or by listening to this podcast at your leisure. To sponsor, contact podcasts at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.